Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the seventh of May, here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. I'm taking you through to 9:30 this morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to keep in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you can find us on. Those two social media platforms. Of course, coming up on today's program, I will bring you the regular news from around the region.、Um, the the international labour movement, of course, is experienced well. You know, this is always the constant state of play under capitalism that is also constantly in crisis.、Um, this week's、uh, news is they're, 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 it's a bit heavy going, so I thought I'd just give you a little heads up about that.、Um, In the second part of the program, I'll be speaking with Sinyet Yon. Sinyet、uh, was previously an organizer in、um, the hospitality and. Nightclubs and karaoke industry in Cambodia, so organising predominantly women workers in those bars.、Um, she then moved to organising garment factory workers, and now is、uh, one of the founding members of a workers co-op,、um, particularly targeted to、uh, garment workers. So, a co-op for garment workers. What we're talking about, what you.、Um, uh, Uh, Sinyet and I spoke about was the new、um, labour law in Cambodia, and I think we've mentioned this a couple of times on Asia Pacific Currents. The Cambodian government has、um, introduced and is likely to、um, ram through legislation that is effectively going to strip trade unions of what little rights they had, and basically.、Um, Illegalised joining unions in particular sectors. So、um, we did promise that we would bring you more information about what was happening in Cambodia, and this week I'll bring you that particular story. Just before I get into the show, I wanted to mention that I had the most amazing fortune of being at 3CR's、um, 40th anniversary book launch、um, last night. And for any of you listeners that were there, you will know, and I'm sure you'll share my view, that it was a spectacular night,、um, celebrating and commemorating just the the history of radical broadcasting at this radio station.、Um, if you haven't yet got your hands on a copy of that. That book, you really need to. It documents the such a, a depth of history of this station. It will remind you、um, why you're an activist, why you're a lefty, and why you tune into this station. Just in case you forget, but you know, if you're tuning in now, you probably haven't forgotten why.、Um, but definitely get your hands on a copy of that book and just contact the station for those details. So I'm going to get straight into it with news from around the region. I'm going to kick off with、um, a story about migrant workers, and in fact,、um, the statistics are now showing that in the year 2015, 5,875 Indian workers died in Gulf countries. 
So I'm basically going to reel off a bunch of stats for you. In Qatar, they reported 279 deaths. There were 520 Indian workers who died in Oman uh, and 223 deaths happened in Bahrain, 611 in Kuwait and 11 in Iraq. That is as many as 5,875 Indian workers dying in Gulf countries in the last year with maximum number of deaths of 2,691 reported from Saudi Arabia. And these are government statistics, so Gulf country governments. Saudi Arabia was followed by the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, which reported 1,540 deaths in 2015. That was from their Minister of External Affairs. Um, In Qatar, 279 deaths, 520 in Oman, 223 in Bahrain, 611 in Kuwait, 11 in Iraq. I know I'm reeling these off as numbers, but that is an extraordinary number of Um, migrant workers to die in Gulf countries. We brought you countless, countless reports that document that the reason that these migrant workers are dying is because of the wages, conditions, racism, discrimination that migrant workers are experiencing in these countries. Of course, the conclusion that was drawn by the governments of the Gulf countries was that most of the deaths were due to natural causes, some traffic accidents, but certainly none of them had anything to do with employment or hazardous occupations. Moving now to the Philippines. Um, There's an export processing zone in a region called Cavite. It is the biggest export processing zone in the Philippines. We've been bringing you the story of a dispute in an electronic subcontracted factory um, called Songyong Technology Industry Corporations. It's a a Korean, South Korean um, uh, owned electronics factory. That labour dispute has escalated and yesterday um, workers barged into and occupied that factory. They had been on strike for the past two days. The reason is that management is planning to replace the regular and unionised workforce with agency workers who are contractual and non-union members. So the sit-down protest at the factory was a response to a lockout perpetrated by management. The the company was supposed to um, have shut down for two days, but starting on Wednesday night, the non-union workers were sent back into the factory. The... um, the Sungyong Technology Industry workers are demanding the reopening of the factory, a return to work as regular employees and recognition of the newly formed union. That factory manufactures plastic products that provide protection to integrated, integrated circuits and electronic components from physical and electrostatic discharge during storage and shipping. So the biggest customer um, of this factory is a, a a customer called On Semiconductor Philippines, and they are a spin-off of Motorola. In case you're wondering how all of these um, massive international companies are connected. Moving now to Uzbekistan. An Uzbekistani worker uh, that was arrested for his union activities has been tortured. Let me tell you a little bit about that. The former Soviet Republic of Uzbekistan is notorious for its use of forced labour and even child labour. Citizens who attempt to document and expose this are arrested and sometimes tortured. 
one of those brave citizens is Uktam Pardev, a human rights activist from Jazak and a member of an independent cotton harvest monitoring group. Uktam was arrested six months ago. He was held for eight weeks in pre-trial detention in a damp cold cell with only a dirty mat to sleep on and a little bit of food. He witnessed the torturing and mistreatment of detainees in order to coerce his confessions. He was pressured to confess and he was beaten severely on one occasion. Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International demanded Uktam's release. On the 11th of January 2016, he was sentenced to three years probation. This means that he's under constant surveillance by security services, which also heavily restrict his movements and activities. Officials also continue to harass his relatives and friends who have been watched, questioned and threatened. There is an international campaign calling for the... Not quite the release because he's out on probation, but the lifting of the um, sentence of three years probation on him and an end to the harassment of his relatives and friends. We'll post details of that online campaign on AAWL's website. If you don't regularly receive AAWL's um, weekly uh, email distribution, uh, send us an email at aawl at aawl.org.au. I'll put you on our email distribution list so that you can get access to um, these campaigns and these stories. Our last story today comes from Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions is calling for international solidarity with labour activists in the Guangdong province. They're still in detention following a repressive crackdown last December that targeted at least 25 activists and their organisations. Five detained activists were eventually released following global advocacy and actions by Chinese workers. However, Zheng Feiyang, who's the director of the Panyu Migrant Workers Centre, and his colleague Meng Han continue to be detained. The HKCTU is organising support for their release and a halt to the crackdown on civil society. They've requested international solidarity and they've actually got a very particular campaign they want you to sign up to. It's a postcard campaign. I'll post details of their website so you can go download the postcard, follow the instructions, sign it, send it off. Um, All of that will be linked to AAWL's um, website by the end of the weekend. I tell you lies, there is one more story I want to um, talk about before we go into our feature interview for the morning. Um, Many of you will know that in the city of Moreland there is an upcoming rally, uh, No to Racism, rally which is to be held on Saturday the 28th of May at 11 o'clock starting at the Coburg Library. Our um, well the the UPF the United Patriots Front and a a broad conglomerate of other um, far-right fascist um, and racist groups have decided to counter rally our protest. They're saying that's because that's what the left does so well we counter rally their racist and fascist demonstrations. It's really important that people come out to this. There are going to be people like the True Blue crew who are a bit of a um, a thuggish squad um, that has emerged out of these far-right um, groups. I won't lie to you, these groups are violent, but it really is important that we protest against them. Um, Saturday the 28th of May, rally, Moreland says no to racism. It's at 11 o'clock at the Coburg Library, which is um, the Victoria Street Mall. Make sure you're there and we will continue to advertise it in the lead up to the 28th of May.
12 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then my interview with Sinyat. Ladies and gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here. I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying, Happy Birthday 3CR! Come and join Melbourne's top musicians as they show their support for human rights. The concert, Fearless Music features political, protest and freedom songs written by the world's best fearless songwriters. Singers include Ross Wilson, Stephen Cummings, Cash Savage, Liz Stringer, Mark Seymour, Jane Clifton, Rob Snarsky, Sean Kelly and Lisa Miller. Fearless Music, Sunday May the 8th at 3pm at the Mimo Music Hall in St Kilda. Book tickets now at mimomusichall.com.au Sponsored by Liberty Victoria. A 3CR supporter. Hello, this is Archie Roach and you're listening to Good Music on 855 AM on 3CR. You are indeed listening to 3CR. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock. Sinyat Yon is one of the founding people of a workers' co-op in the garment industry in Cambodia. She's been a trade union organiser across a range of industries, including food, hospitality, karaoke and bars and the garment sector, of course. As many of you know, Cambodia, the Cambodian government is moving to ram through some legislation that will absolutely strip um, unions and workers of their right to freely associate for unions to be registered uh, and to organise industrial action. Sinyet spoke to me about the effects of this new Cambodian law. The willing of the government try to draft the new trade union law while we already have the Cambodian labor law in 1997 already and at the moment the government try to make the new law that is some of article violent again the ILO convention and also the constitution and the new trade union law has 100 articles that the most concern in the Article is six article that uh, article 
3, article 13, article 14, article 17, 24, and uh, 29. And I think you already have uh, the article that uh, concern and, already, and also the global union such as uh, CIO from United States, the industrial and ITUC who worry and send a statement to the government that they have to uh, look after the international ILO convention and this new law is not necessary because we already have the constitution, we already have the Cambodian labor law and the government ratify a lot of ILO conventions like 87 and 98 that can you explain what all the articles are? Because I don't think the listeners will know what each of those articles relates to. Okay. I will uh, summarize the concern article, like Article 3. The proposed trade union law is exclude virus classes of worker by reference of Article 1 of labor law. We recommend that all workers include civil servants should be allowed to form or join the union. It, this is uh, in Cambodian labor law that the civil servants or government officer, government worker will not include into the law. So. Unions try to ask this also cover to the civil servant and the article 13, the draft of request union status include providing governing strike bullet. So in this law is limited the right of strike and the trade union uh, considered to the ILO Convention 87 that they have right to make the strike and the employer also has right to uh, lock out. This is the meaning of the law and the convention, but the new law, it restricts the right. And also the Article 14, the draft of Prohibility trade union from the stirring into the any legal arrangement prior or to being registered. So if they are required to register, but Ministry of Labor try to restrict, like they have to have at least 10 workers that they can join union, but in the ILO convention, it doesn't require uh, the number of the workers. 
So it's also Wallen against the ILO Convention. And also, there were as criminal records, but it is actually a lot of discussion about criminal record that they try to make very long process and complicate it. And also the Article 17, while the government may request that the audit is provide for its review, so it means the government can control and also check what is uh, the process and the the work and also the financials uh, that government has to know and control where they get the money and also uh, recently according to the corruption issue like uh, anti-corruption uh, unit they just arrest five human rights activists that they said because of corruption but it doesn't true because they just provide the allowance for the victim who try to defend for the justice and their rights and those organizations just provide the allowance to victim for transportation, accommodation. So this is the way you can do from the past and now that they use some of money and budget and allowance to provide the worker and member during the like dispute resolution if they are from the province, they are from the other uh, rural area or they are like even inside the city but they need to use the money for some covering to the transportation or meal allowance, something else. So this is the right of the government that can control and we worry if the government doesn't like those union and they claim it, will, it was the corruption while they used the money. So this is very serious. So the new laws sound like the government is really trying to crack down on trade unions, prevent them from raising money, prevent them from getting registered in the first place. And if they succeed in getting registered, then the new law allows the government to shut that union down whenever it feels like it. Yeah, this is uh, true. And if the union they try to be independent and not alongside or affiliate the government, so the government can crack down, they can uh, destroy all the time because most of rise from the government that mentioned in the law that it violates the ILO convention. And um, just so that the listeners can understand what the situation was prior to this law in relation to workers' right to freely associate, was it easier to form unions and to join unions before this law came into effect? 
Yeah, it it's better before because it doesn't require that number of worker and also uh, it it's not limited and strictly like this law passed. If this law passed, we think all independent union will clear because of the law and they can't do any activity because their limitation and also the right over of the government, they can't do anything. So if compared from the past, we have better and already we have like the labor law, the previous labor law that made in 1997, it's already good enough for uh, everyone and also include the trade union can use that law. It's not necessary to make the new law that try to control and restrict the right of the worker and union. I thought the law had already passed, but you're saying that if the law passes, um, it would become harder for unions. So what is the status of the law at the moment? Uh, as far as I knew, the law is already sent to uh, National Assembly. And also, if the National Assembly agree to pass this law, they will send to Senate. And the Senate will also uh, send to uh, the uh, Kingdom Department that they are trying to ask King to approve for this new law. And if King approve and sign, they can use this law. But we don't hear that uh, this has to uh anywhere uh, right now i just knew that it's already uh passed to national assembly oh i see so it's gone through the national assembly but it still has other stages of parliamentary democracy to pass through before it becomes law is that right yes 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 i see and is there an international campaign to try and stop the law from going through? Uh, it's a global union and the action that this law is violent against the international labor standard and ILO conventions like us, so, um, AFRCAO, the United States uh, Trade Union, and also uh, Industry All and also ITUC who submit the statement to government that they worries the concern article that I mentioned before. It's six article very serious and limitation of the freedoms of association. So they have submit the statement to government already, but we don't hear any feedback or response from the government that they should think about the statement that the global union sent to them. So I don't hear any feedback from the government. And instead of uh, feedback or responsibility, but the government try to uh, spit it out the law to pass. This is what I noticed.
Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. 28 minutes past 9 o'clock. We're in the closing minutes of the program. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. The interview you heard earlier was with Sinyet Yon, a labour movement activist from Cambodia, discussing the new Cambodian labour law that is designed to smash unions pretty much, so important to support it. Very quickly, I have one more announcement. Australia Asia Worker Links has a movie fundraiser next Friday, the 13th of May at 6 o'clock at Long Play, which is uh, in North Fitzroy, 318 St George's Road. We'll be screening the film The Act of Killing, which is about the 1965 massacre of communists in Indonesia. If you, if, For those of you who don't know, I've recently returned from a solidarity visit to Indonesia and I'll be providing a report back on the unionists that I met with. I went to a couple of export processing zones, met with some factory workers and talked about international solidarity. So get along to that Friday the 13th of May, 6 o'clock, long play for the film screening and my talk. Um, And it is a fundraiser, so it's $20 waged and uh, $10 concession. But that does bring us to the end of the program. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna. This is Asia Pacific Currents. We'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.